Welcome back to Social Anxiety Q&A, where I grab a common question about social anxiety or a question sent to me by you, and I'll give you my personal take on it. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Before we go into this week's episode, I want to do a quick refresh of what we talked about in the last one, which is about the root cause of social anxiety. Because I use this information to build my case in this episode, so it's important to keep it top of mind. Okay, so as discussed, the root cause of social anxiety is a mix of the following. So the first one is predisposition. So these are the biological factors that include genetic predispositions, brain chemistry, brain structure, family history of anxiety. The second one is the environment, the environmental factors. So external circumstances such as childhood trauma and negative experiences such as bullying and social rejections. The third one is temperamental factors. So individual personality traits and temperaments, you know, for example, being more introverted. And the last one is psychological factors. So these are the cognitive distortions you run into. So thought errors, negative self-image. These all contribute to the root cause of social anxiety. In today's episode, we're going to answer the question, what is keeping your social anxiety alive and kicking? You're now aware of how it came to be, hopefully after listening to last week's episode, but you're not exactly sure why it's so front and center in your life. I mean, isn't getting to the root cause of something the usual fix with everything else in life? Toy isn't working, replace the battery and problem solved. Unfortunately, when it comes to humans, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So we're going to break it all down by using a plant analogy. But to fully understand the analogy, let's bring back the four main factors that make up the root cause of social anxiety so that we can connect them to the process of growing a plant. Okay, so the first thing that we have is the seed. And the seed represents the predisposition to social anxiety. So these are the biological factors. Next, we have the soil. And so the soil represents the environment, which influences the development of social anxiety. Then we have the water, which represents psychological factors, right? Negative thoughts and cognitive distortions that are nurturing the social anxiety. And lastly, we have the roots, which represent life experiences that contribute to the growth and entrenchment of social anxiety. Come back to this and realign yourself if you get lost in the analogy, because we're gonna go deep in it. Let's begin. Imagine there's a mad scientist, we're gonna call him Joe, who designed a personalized seed that has the potential to grow into an evil plant that releases poisonous air each time someone experiences social anxiety. And with each inhale of this poisonous air, the person's social anxiety gets worse. Wonderfully evil, right? And since Joe is that evil, and he figured out how to do that, he chose you as his first testing subject because he wants to see how much poisonous air your plant can make. Not sure what his goal is, but probably something to do with world domination and controlling people, of course. Yeah, we're getting into sci-fi over here. Anyway, he whipped this up and planted the seed in your backyard. As far as you know, he was just a nice little old gardener who came to clean up your yard. Little do you know that there's an evil plant that's about to sprout. So at any given moment in time, these combined elements, the seed, the soil, the water, have the potential to bring the plant to life. 
So the seed itself, because of Joe's evil genius, holds tiny blueprints tied to your biological factors. A mixture of genetics, temperament, and family history. But just because the seed is planted doesn't mean it's going to grow. So a seed needs to have the proper nutrients and conditions to germinate. And this is where the soil plays a huge part. Remember, the soil is made up of your childhood experiences, family dynamics, social and living situations. And so Joe hoped that when he was planting the seed, that you would have the right soil in your yard for his experiment to succeed. Otherwise, it would have failed. So the seed is there. It has the right soil. And given that you're taking care of the garden, which, you know, it represents your life, you water the soil regularly. And as it's watered, the seed absorbs the water to swell in size. So the water in this case represents your thought errors. The seed, of course, if it's not watered enough, will not reach its full potential. In this case, that would be a positive thing, right? Because let's say you did water the seed enough with your negative thoughts. If the soil is filled with supportive and positive influences, then the plant is not going to grow. However, if the soil itself is toxic due to the negative experiences, the plant will start to grow. And given that we are here talking about social anxiety, I'm going to assume that the seed is in the right type of soil, which is going to make it grow into an evil plant. So where are we now? The seed is planted, it's watered, and it's growing. At this point in the process, and based on my Google search of the overall germination process, the seed goes into a dormant or hidden stage. It's breaking down and digesting the compounds inside of it. And so this is why many of us would say that we don't remember having social anxiety as a child and that it developed later on. While the seed is doing its thing, you're out there experiencing life and getting hit by it. Punched in the stomach one day, gossiped about the next. With each experience you have, the roots grow stronger, strengthening the seed. This is when your experiences have an impact on your social anxiety, increasing the frequency of your negative thoughts. And since the plant is evil, the more it's watered, the faster it grows. So with time, if there's no help to remove the seed or awareness that there is one in the first place, it will grow wildly into a fully blown plant that is out of control. This growth is often unnoticed until the plant has invaded your life to such an extent that it's hard to ignore. And so for many of us, we didn't know we had social anxiety until way later. We just felt like we didn't know how to do life like everyone else. So all of these things came together and now you have this evil plant that's made its way in your house and you can't get rid of it because the roots run through your floor and are intertwined with your furniture. By this point, it's not a cute plant anymore, but it's more like an overgrown weed wreaking havoc in your home. Not only is it in the way, but years of its poisonous air has seeped into your home and you're drenched in it along with all of your belongings. It feels like you'll never be clean of it. Here's what we know so far. One. There's an evil plant present in your home, which represents your social anxiety. Two, the evil plant releases poisonous air, making you feel bad. And we need to find out what this poison is made of. Three, 
negative thought patterns water the plant. So your negative thoughts are effectively watering the evil plant and enabling its growth. These thoughts can also be fueled by the poisonous air that's making you feel bad. And then lastly, the fourth part of the cycle is that the roots grow stronger from life experiences. So as you continue to experience life events, particularly negative or challenging ones, these experiences act like fertilizer for the plant, causing the roots to grow stronger and further cementing the social anxiety. And so we go back full circle where the evil plant grows bigger in the home. So the bigger and stronger the plant gets, the more space it takes up in the home, symbolizing an increase in the severity of social anxiety. So each round of this cycle might make the plant bigger and your situation worse if you don't act on it. And now Joe is thrilled. The evil plant was a success. He didn't even have to do much because you're the one who took care of it all along. But you are not a dummy. You've noticed this plant slowly taking over your home, giving you an icky feeling inside each time you get closer to it. You definitely have a hard time breathing around it. And although you may not know exactly how it got there, you know something needs to be done about it. First, you need to know what you're going up against. The plant in itself is harmless. Yes, sure, it takes up space, but it's the poisonous air that's making you sick and causing the plant to grow stronger. So the poisonous air represents the immediate triggers and reactions that keep your social anxiety alive and kicking. These reactions feed the plant, making your social anxiety worse, which means that we're finally getting to the answer we've been looking for. The poisonous air is toxic shame. See, each time you experience social anxiety, the evil plant sends out a puff of toxic shame into the air. With time, the toxic shame builds up to the point where you can't tap into your authentic self anymore. And then you end up with a crazy evil plant that's taken over your life. Now, toxic shame can lead to emotions that can make you question your worth. According to psychiatrist Peter Bregan in his book, Guilt, Shame, and Anxiety, toxic shame makes you feel worthless. It makes you worry about what others think about you. It makes you afraid of looking stupid. It makes you constantly have negative self-talk and makes you angry in response to the shaming triggers. If that doesn't sound like social anxiety, I, I don't know. If predisposition, environmental, and psychological factors were the instrumental ingredients to bringing social anxiety to life, then toxic shame is keeping it alive. And at this point, it might feel like a lost cause because it's everywhere. But there is a way to get yourself back on track. You do not need to be stuck with this evil plant in your home and soaked in toxic shame. Don't tell Joe, but here's how to get rid of the evil plant and cleanse yourself from toxic shame. One, acknowledge the presence of the plant. This is the first and most important step. You have to acknowledge that the plant exists. It may be hard to accept that something so harmful has been growing inside your own home, but denying its existence won't make it disappear. I mean, the alternative is to forever just walk around it, even though it's taking up so much space. Recognizing and accepting that there's a problem is the foundation for any meaningful change to happen. The second thing you should do is understand its nature. Now that you have accepted its presence, you need to understand what it is and how it functions. 
And this involves understanding the things that contribute to its growth, right? The seed, the soil, the water, and the roots. You need to understand each one of these components. And you also need to acknowledge the role of toxic shame in keeping it alive. If you have a deeper understanding of the factors that contribute to your social anxiety, then it's going to make it that much easier for you to figure out how to manage it. The third thing you should do is to stop watering it. Remember that watering the plant means you're engaging in negative thought patterns. You stop watering it by having different thoughts. So work on reframing your mindset. Cognitive behavior therapy really can help you change your thought patterns and stop watering the plant. Changing your thought patterns to stop nurturing the social anxiety is an important part of the journey. The fourth thing you should do is to take it out of its soil. So start by making changes in your environment. This can mean distancing yourself from negative people, changing your lifestyle, or taking steps to improving your self-esteem or self-worth. Changing the environment and lifestyle can remove the conditions that allowed for the social anxiety to thrive. The fifth thing you need to do is to examine the roots. So see which roots are healthy and which ones are damaged. Explore the past experiences that have contributed to the growth of this plant. This can involve doing trauma therapy, EMDR, or any other therapeutic approaches that help to process and heal from past traumas. Because honestly, exploring past experiences is super important to understand the foundation of your social anxiety and the underlying issues. The sixth thing you need to do, and this is the last one, is to prevent future growth. Fertilize the soil with goodness. So take measures to prevent the growth of a new evil plant. Therapy, self-care practices, building a strong support system, and having coping strategies to manage your social anxiety are all things that you need to look into. Because making sure the conditions for growing social anxiety aren't there anymore is essential in managing it long term. So now that you have the answer to the question and you know that toxic shame is what's keeping your social anxiety alive and kicking, in a future episode, I'm going to address this topic more in depth. But before I end this episode, can we just take a second and imagine a world where an evil social anxiety plant exists? In the year 3075, on a distant planet in the Andromeda galaxy, the social anxiety plant had become the lifeblood of society. This rare plant possessed an eerie power. If one stopped watering it, terrible misfortune would fall on them. So people of this planet diligently tended to the plants, scared of the consequences if they didn't. As the legend goes, an ancient curse was unleashed upon those who dared to ignore their responsibilities. Whispers of the curse spread like wildfire, each story more bone-chilling than the last, faces morphing grotesquely, voices reduced to a mere and bodies wrecked with tremors that never stopped. In this age of technological marvels and interstellar exploration, mankind remains shackled by a botanical force, their fate entwined with the care of the mysterious social anxiety planet. The end. Now you tell me if I need to write the science fiction book. See you next week on the You Are Worth Knowing podcast. <laughs>